think about ego. Because no matter what you believe, if your ego is in the way, you jammed up. So your beliefs could be spot on. You know what I'm saying? But if you're if you haven't figured out how to manage or or tame or slay your ego every day, consistently, repeatedly, time after time after time, nothing else matters, right? Welcome back to Big Queen Energy. I'm your girl, Nicole Rose, with the podcast all about the mindset of a true queen. I'm a semi-retired DJ turned podcaster obsessed with positivity, psychology, and manifestation. Here to support you on your journey to attracting your dreams. Let's get it. Hello, ladies. I am so excited to be back with you for another episode of Big Queen Energy. We have a really awesome episode today with another fellow mindset coach who focuses on the spiritual side of things and is going to teach us all about spiritual alchemy. Kenny Brown is a spiritual mindset coach and a motivational speaker based in Atlanta, Georgia, where I went to college. He specializes in provoking thought, consciousness, and objectivity to help people gain a different perspective on their own lives, right? They can use this to manage their own emotions, process trauma, and align with their highest and best self. And we are going to pick his brain today. Welcome to Big Queen Energy, Kenny. How you doing, babe? Oh, man, it's so great to be here. I appreciate you just even you know, allowing me to come on this platform, man. I'm looking forward to giving you some of this energy, getting some of the energy from you all, and really just having a great conversation between the two of us. It's going to be great. I love it. I'm excited. I love how you do that. It's like, so that's something that I do all the time, and I never knew what it was called. And I was listening one day to an Abraham Hicks recording, and they called it segments intending, right? Where it's like, you get excited for everything. Like you show up, you're in the now, you're about this moment, this connection. Instead of like thinking about your emails or your to-do list or all that junk you got to take your kid to tonight or whatever, you're like, I'm excited to connect with you now, provide value, get deep with you. You know what I'm talking about, right? A, a thousand percent. I mean, I think it's, it's part of being present. It's part of being present. It's part of even understanding your own energy. Like, hey, when I lock in, like this is the type of stuff I go for. Like I'm all about deeper connections. I'm all about deeper conversations, deeper experiences. And so that requires you to kind of be present in the moment. And I think just having that ability and matching with someone else that has that ability, the, the conversations are fierce. Fierce. For sure. And like yeah. the funny thing is too, I feel like every, you know, be present, it's such a buzzy term, but it's like, what does that really mean? It's just about setting your intention to mm-hmm. show the fuck up. You can say whatever mm-hmm. you want on this podcast. Yeah. Bet. Your intention, right? To like be here right now. And that like, we don't always know how to do that, but it just by setting that intention, it sort of helps you put the blinders on. Does that make sense? Black out the distractions, right? Yeah. Like how, how do you block out distractions? And a lot of people I think struggle with this because they don't essentially have inner peace. They don't have peace or I would even say peace of mind. You know, a lot of times you can't block out distractions because their mind is constantly racing. So to tell them, Hey, sit down and pay attention is a challenge, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard for them to, to connect authentically or at the depth that we would like to connect 
because they're, they're still at the surface, right? They're still at the surface. So it's hard. It's never fun for me. Like I'm always that person. I used to be in my twenties at the club, having like deep conversations in the corner. And my friends would be like, what are you doing? I'd be like coaching people before I ever knew what I was doing. Like just asking deep questions about their life and like trying to uncover connections on their purpose and why things worked out the way they did. And what's the vibration that's off in their energy. I mean, like, so weird like i don't know who goes to a club and does that but it's so shocking right because they don't expect it to one they don't expect it in that venue two they don't expect it from you right and so it's like they, they bring something that's a regular conversation to them and then you ask them a question that makes them think or kind of raises the the thought to it and they're just like wow what who thinks of that like well i do <laughs> i think it is so have you thought of that you know so it right. gets a little different And I think even just that intention to be present kind of like opens our channels, right? Like it gives us access to deeper parts of ourselves and maybe our spiritual or higher self where we can receive intuition about things and, you know, just really lock in and maybe say something, reflect something. You know, all we're really doing is reflecting things back to people half the time, right? Or more than half the time. But it's you have to be locked in, turned on, tapped in Mm -hmm. to be able to do that, right? So everybody's Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are they talking about? Because we just got on and we just went on a tangent, which is kind of my favorite We're talking about vulnerability and we're talking about authenticity and our ability to draw that out of people based on the questions and conversations we have with them. For sure. So, <laughs> so let's let's start off here, Kenny. This is something, and I guess, like you know, I'm newer to this world than you. You've been doing this longer than me. I've probably been I've been doing this in the club, like I said, for forever, <laughs> but not necessarily in a professional sense until I realized just how many people needed more tools that I had been developing, right, forever. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is from your perspective, you know, I normally just refer to myself as a mindset coach. You refer to yourself as a spiritual mindset coach. And I found you, right, through a blog post that you wrote on spiritual alchemy, right, the process mm-hmm. of releasing, you know, your higher self. I'm going to let you define that probably way better you. than me. We're going to get there. But tell me, what, do you, what would you say is kind of the difference? How did you come upon defining yourself as spiritual mindset coach? Um, that's a good question. I've actually, I actually had this, um, I addressed this at a conference I spoke at last, uh, maybe two weeks ago, the, the nonprofit CEO conference. And they asked me like, you know, did you tether back and forth between a mindset coach and a spiritual mindset coach? Right. And, uh, you know, truthfully, I, I have a spiritual foundation. You know, I, I grew up religious. I do, re- you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in Jesus Christ, you know, but I've evolved in my relationship with our creator, with God. So now I'm more spiritual. And so that opens up our mind to accepting other belief systems, other faiths, other, you know, other paradigms without absorbing them as our own. You know, I, I can, I can open up to it without absorbing it. I can engage with you without becoming that right. Or having to agree or disagree with you. I'm not judging what comes out of your mouth. I'm just listening. Right. And so what I did was when I started my practice and I started, you know, just kind of motivating people. Like I started, like you said, I was in the club, you know what I'm saying? Except I was in lock, I was in, I was in the locker room. I was in studios. I was in government boardrooms. Like I was in, I was in a lot of weird places, you know, to do this. Um, you were the unpaid I, hype man. You feel what I'm saying? Like I, I was the team captain of sports teams. I was a leader of a lot of groups and a lot of project teams that I was on. So, you know, people always look to me for direction and for guidance and for motivation. And naturally I did it. 
And so I thought that, okay, I'm a motivational speaker. I just motivate people, right? Until I started realizing that I'm not just, you know, out here cheering for people and trying to be like, yeah, you could do it. You can. I'm actually out here trying to bring consciousness to what do you believe? Like, first of all, let's start with what do you believe? And that goes back to your faith. And so because my spiritual upbringing, my religious teachings, I started really kind of speaking to them in a way that brought consciousness to what they say they believe in or what their religious beliefs are. And that was a little challenge. Everyone that you, okay. So, so I, so much on that. So this is very helpful. Thank you for explaining that clearly. So what I am thinking is kind of the difference between what you and I do, even though I was also raised as a Catholic and consider myself very spiritual in my coaching. I don't necessarily talk about God unless somebody else brings it up. I'm willing to go there with them. Happy to explain, you know, cause I can get a little deeper if they're open to that message and that's great. But a lot of what I do is more secular, right? So it's like, and that's, that's fine too. Right. But, but most people don't come to me like with, with their like religion in the forefront. Right. And I, I mean, it could just be the generation of the people that I work with or what, whatever. It's mostly women just to give you a little bit more clarity mm-hmm. on that, but big queen energy, big queen, just big queen, just women with tons of queen energy that just want to take yeah. it up a notch. Just like, yep. just like what you do, but religion almost never comes up for me. Is that, so that would be the coaching would come from a religious perspective or not for everybody. I mean, really the foundation of it comes from a religious perspective. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a pastor, so I'm yeah, not, yeah. you know, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a deacon. Like I'm not none of that. So therefore I kind of have the free reign to kind of tell it to them like it is and kind of give it to them in a language that they actually receive it um, without them yep. looking at me and being like, how are you a pastor? And you talking to me like this? Like, <laughs> how are you, how are you in the church? Are you saying these things to me? But I'm really resonating with them before I take them to higher ground. I try to find common ground. So my job is just really to pose questions to you. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not telling you how to interpret it. I'm really just giving you thoughts to make you think about what you're thinking about and thinking about what you say you believe in. So I'm bringing consciousness to unconscious thought pattern that are running your life. Yeah, <laughs> that, I love that's, that. That's it. <laughs> I love that. We learn so much by answering questions about ourselves. If we're not pressed, I mean, I don't sit there and ask myself questions in the mirror. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the definition of psychosis, right? So, <laughs> so it takes somebody else to show up and know the right questions and have been through this with other people and led people to deeper understanding mm-hmm. to be able to get somebody there, right? But that's another thing that I recommend too to some of the people that I work with is that you can do a lot of that work on your own if you're willing to journal about it, right? Because I've had that experience where I ask myself a question and then I journal about it and something else comes up and then you journal mm-hmm. about that. And then an hour later, you're on this tangent, but you've learned something, right? You're you've, seeking understanding. Yeah, right? you're, that's all clarity. you're doing. Exactly. Even in our, in our spiritual practices, it says, you know, come to me with childlike faith. Childlike faith is a, a child asks a lot of questions. They don't assume they already know it because they know that they don't know it. So they ask you, why this and why that and why this and why that? And as adults, we kind of we lose that that kind of that touch. And but so the reminder is keep asking questions, even about about yourself, Uh, even if it's about the things you were taught growing up. When you become an adult or get to a certain level of maturity, ask questions. Yep. because some of the ways you were taught things and some of the ways you understand things are different. You were taught by people that didn't get they didn't know it. (laughs) it's ask questions for me but also question everything right mm. so question things people tell you question things that you believe why do i believe this where is this belief coming from is this belief showing up to help me 
or is it actually holding me back from things that I want to achieve in my life, right? So Mm -hmm. question for you, how did you come to understand that spiritual coaching was your purpose? Like, was there an aha moment? Like, tell me about your journey a little. I always am curious how someone comes Mm -hmm. to understand where they are now. Yeah. So um, for me, as I said, I was kind of just having these natural conversations with people without knowing that I was kind of giving them some spiritual kind of guidance or even some adding spiritual consciousness to their, to their day to day. And I ended up when I decided to pursue a a career in, you know, I want to coach people. I want to help people. I want to just speak to people. Right. And then I realized that the thing that comes natural to me is talking about God. Yeah. It's natural. Okay. Amazing. Right. So, 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 I, it just, it just, I like to have deep conversations about God. Like I'll sit down and, and smoke, I, you know, I smoke, I smoke some weed. I talk about God. Like I want to go there. I, I want to have a drink. I talk about God. Like that's a real conversation. Like, I love you know? that. That's hilarious. My, my, my driver picked me up. So it's, I'm, I'm freaking out that you're reflecting back to me the same way that I realized that I was supposed to do this. Cause I know that I was supposed to do this work. Like I knew it, like literally eight years ago. I was like, I'm supposed to do this work, but I was like, I'm not ready now. I was DJing, traveling the world. I was so busy. I I was the music director of Whispering Angel and Gilgrip. There's no way I could have like put another thing on my plate. And like, of course, those things were shiny. They were flashy. They were cool. Like super grateful to have lived that life, right? That was also a dream of mine, right? But I knew, I always knew that it was weird that I just geeked out. Like I could like no, I would rather like drink drink champagne and talk about this. I just nothing else mattered to me but having going deeper and teaching people how to harness their own energy. So similar to like how you would teach them about God inside of them, how to like understand, you know, mm-hmm. the laws mm-hmm. of God. It's like for me, it was the laws of the universe. And I just could lock in on somebody and like kind of just essentially massage the way they were thinking about things, right? Yep. At any given point, at any time. I stayed home from a club in the Hamptons. This is over Labor Day weekend. And I was like, I'm just going to go in the hot tub by myself, drink another bottle of rosé, go to bed. She's tired. She has a busy work week. You know, after Labor Day, I don't need to be hungover. And everybody else went. And then my friend Nick, who I didn't know as well, was like, you're staying? I'll stay. Gets in the hot tub. Before you know it, we are going deep on his (laughs) mindset, everything going on in his life, how these things are creating, what's in his vibration that's creating other things in his experience. He's now like, do you mind if I, like, can I contact you sometimes to, like, learn more about You get the most friends, right? You get the most friends, right? Do you work with most, do you work with men and women? Do you, are you drawn more to working? with men because you understand that mindset? Like what's, I'm just curious, what's it like for you? I work with men and women, you know, I work with men and women. And here's another thing to go even deeper in this when we talk about how did I know this is what I, what, what I was called to do. The route that I took to get here is very different, right? I like to admit, you know, here's my testimony, my moment of transparency. I learned the language of sex before I learned the language of spirit. Okay. So what that means is that I was able to talk to women in a way that was kind of, you know, flirtatious, sexual, like, you know, a little, you know, to get them to that point before I realized that, damn, I'm manipulating my gift to talk women out of their panties instead of to inspire higher consciousness to them. So when I figured that part out, I was like, well, damn, I need to, I'm manipulating the gift. I need to, I need to figure this out and do it the right way. So what was happening in my life, I had a pattern. I started developing relationships with women, intimate and romantic relations and sexual relationships with women, because there was that deeper connection there during conversation. 
And so I didn't realize what was going on until I, you know, I got ghosted one time. Then I got played a couple times, and then and then I got my heart broke a couple times. And You've I was only like, been oh my ghosted God. one time? Cause yeah, I, just just one time. Just I don't I didn't need no other experience of that. that are you married? Well, I mean, I get ghosted no. all the time. I mean, like maybe I'm not no. reaching out, but. I established boundaries then. So because after that experience, it was so traumatic for me. I'd never experienced nothing like that. So I was like, oh, my God, what did I do to set myself up for this? Now, I can't control what somebody else does and the choices they make that they feel are best from them, even if it means not talking to me or not communicating. I can't control that. that that's pain. I got to process. But what did I do? Did I see this coming? Yeah. Somebody that I was consistently pouring into, exposing myself to, was emotionally unavailable the whole time. So it was a one-way pour. And so what I realized is the more that I was pouring into this person, the more I started to develop feelings. And as my feelings got involved, they weren't emotionally available. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> when they withdrew, <laughs> then I was just like, instead of me being upset, I was just like, you know what? I need to create boundaries on my own energy because I have a healing energy. Just like a divine feminine shows up at the time that a male needs healing all the time. Okay. And so knowing that, but divine masculine also shows up when a woman needs healing. So, you know, when I come in and I'm bringing them consciousness and I'm giving them support and I'm pouring in spiritual affirmations and I'm helping them work through the problems and see it objectively and they're healing, they went back to their exes trying to work things out, feeling like they were in a better space. Okay. So you, okay. I, let me repeat this to make sure that I fully understand it and because everybody else is probably having an aha moment anyway so we should just go there mm -hmm. so to the one time that you were ghosted it was because you were essentially you were pouring in energy into the relationship that person was emotionally unavailable because they weren't truly over the last relationship or maybe still in it or whatnot mm -hmm. and so as you were pouring in they were filling up and then they had the confidence or whatnot to go back to the other person and ghost you. They saw it differently. Yes, exactly. So you're saying you could have noticed sooner that that person was emotionally unavailable, right? So I agree with you. That's a really good point. I just had that revelation with somebody over the weekend. I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to reach out anymore. And I'm not going to get together if you reach out because you're definitely emotionally unavailable. When you sit with me like this, you tell me you are, you're obsessed with my energy, you lock in, you're super focused, but I don't hear from you for two weeks if I'm out of town. That's not an emotionally available person. Because I'm feeding you. I'm feeding right. you. I'm, feed, I'm feeding you a good meal that is nourishing to you. And so you're going to keep coming back to me. Of course you love my energy because I'm feeding you. I'm giving you something different. It's a different vibe. It's a different conversation. It's a different stimulation. Like I'm putting things in perspective. You're experiencing breakthroughs. You're having aha moments. Like you're healing right in front of me, right? Because it's a spiritual energy that I'm giving you that you didn't get from your last partner. It's a perspective oh, that I'm giving you. You didn't get from your last partner. So when you absorb the energy I'm giving you and feel like you have this elevated perspective this, and you feel like you're different now, you try to take that back to your old partner feeling as if you can take it now. You got a better understanding what's going on now. You're a better person. You understand your, your issue, your, your contribution to the problem. It'll be different this time. But if the partner didn't put in that same level of work and, and hasn't gotten to that same level, it's going to be the same pattern all over again. And then what do they do? They come back to you later on and be like, you know what? You're a good person. I'm sorry. You know, I was going through something. I could have told you. Like, And you're just like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm yeah, safe. no, I'm good. You didn't tell me. No, no. You yeah. told me you were out of town, but you were in town and my friend saw you at a club. 
we're not you a use me. Club, club, private club, but yeah, still. but you use me. You essentially you use me. But yeah. but here's the other part of it. Let me be accountable, right? Because I'm all about the accountability check. We allowed it. We allowed because, it. Why? Because I did not understand the true value of my own energy. I didn't right. understand what I needed. What I needed. Yeah, I can give it, but you give it because you also know what it feels like to receive it. You want it back. That is my new thing. <laughs> When, when, so this is my new thing, Kenny. I'm just going to throw this out here since we're, since we're already deep in this and, and this will be a part of what this episode is about. Nobody turned this on thinking they were going to get this, but they're wanting it now, right? So that was my new thing. I'm turning 35. I like never really talk about this, but happy to share it here. People always ask me because apparently I look like a child, but no, uh, no mm-hmm. she's old. She's, she's getting up there. She's a aging queen. No, she's a, just a fun queen who never ages like fine mm-hmm. wine. Right. But mm-hmm. so point being, I decided that I am going to not sleep with anybody ever again. That does not communicate the way that I want to be communicated with. Right. So it's like, that's it. Boom. Like, and that kind of takes away the ghosting thing. Cause it's like, how much does it hurt if you went to dinner twice and they paid? It's not, I'm not like crying in the corner. Right. I'm just like, okay, you're, you're a number in my spreadsheet. I'm going to write my summary now. Sayonara. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. But, I'm out. But it's like, no, but it's a real thing because I used to just in the moment, if I felt, and I think people like you and I need to be much more because we are spiritual, because we are uplifters, because it is our job in our passion, in our birthright, in our purpose to uplift others. We have to be really careful because if we let others take, 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 and then they don't show up for us, that's not allowing us to even show up for ourselves or, or do our purpose, which is what fulfills us, right? So that can create a bad cycle, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. A thousand percent, but let's also take a step further sexually, right? Sexually, because of the depth that we connect with people at, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, it translates to the sex that we have, the quality of the sex that we have or that we give, right? So the quality of that experience, okay? When that experience is not a fulfilling experience, like they're not pouring into you back, then I no longer want to give myself to you in the way that I want to give myself to you. So therefore, I don't even waste my time. 100% so that, agree. that stops me. Like, I don't even, if I can't connect with you on that level, like, I'm not even going to. It's not going to be good. Right. But it's, it's like, not going to be great. If I know that the communication, if I can tell, right, that the communication isn't there, just like what you said, like signs that they're not fully showing up all the time. They're obviously emotionally invested somewhere else as well, or more maybe than this situation. It's like, you got to just take, I think some girls sometimes try to use sex to get in. You got to take it off the table. I don't know. At least that for me that works better because it protects my energy. But you're right. I think, yeah, I think even just in going out because of the work that we do and the people that we are in this world, sometimes it's like, it is an expenditure of energy, even just at a dinner, you know, or drinks or whatever. And so you got to realize when somebody's not, and some people don't have the ability to give energy on our level, but they love it, right? They've never met somebody like us. Those are clients. Those are clients. I know. Yeah, right. Some guy Boundaries. after a date the other night. No, this is not a joke. And he listens to this <laughs> podcast and I, and I, and we're friends. But after a date the other night, he was like, so will you help me? And I was like, sure. Oh, a, I am a godly human being. I would be happy. To, how can I help you? You just let me know, sweetheart. And in the meantime, listen to this recording. This will help with some of the things you're dealing with. I don't know right, what it is right. you think you need help with, but here's this for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The same. I did the same thing. So that, that kind of goes to the story I was saying. I was trying, I had to draw boundaries. 
So when women would be like, oh, oh my God, you're just so great to talk to. I'm glad I called you. Something told me to call you. Or even my homeboys, they'd be like, bro, I knew you was a person to call, bro. Let me just run this by you. This is how yes. it starts. Let, hey, let me, let me run something by you real quick, right? That's how the conversation starts. And so by the time I'd been on the phone with you 30, 45 minutes to an hour, you got what you needed. You didn't give nothing into what I was going through. Don't inquire about what I needed. And so you're moving on. So now I'm just like, yeah, I can help you. But here's the link to book. You got to book right. some time. You know, I may give you a discount on the first session, but I know the quality of what I'm offering. So you're going to have to book. Or we can, if we're going to be personal friends, it got to be reciprocal. So, and I don't think you could reciprocate. So boundary. I, yep, I agree. I think boundaries are everything. The more boundaries that I set, the happier and freer I feel. So mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. you're right about that. Okay, so let's dive into what we came here for today. This is how I found you. You wrote a blog post on spiritual alchemy. I had just really sort of learned about this topic. Like I knew just like in general what it was, but I had never seen the seven stages laid out, like how you had done it. And I was just totally geeked out by it because there were so many similarities actually to kind of the way that I structured my program is like a structured eight-week mentorship that takes them through different phases of essentially their identity and their beliefs, right? To build a better dream vision of them. Um, And so it was just so interesting because I, I noticed some similarities between your seven stages of spiritual alchemy. And I hadn't thought of it in those terms because I didn't know about the seven stages, but mm-hmm. can you like define it for us? And can we like talk on a high level about the stages for people who oh, are new to this? Absolutely. So, I mean, essentially the seven the spiritual alchemy, let's start there. What is spiritual alchemy? I mean, it, it's really the process of freeing your spiritual self that's buried underneath the unrefined parts of you. Okay. Let, how, in layman's terms, it's how you face your inner issues, inner demons, inner traumas, inner deficiencies, and how do you deal with them, face them, deal with them to break free of the suppression or the, the negative impact they're having on you overall, okay? Your thoughts, your attitude, your relationships, your money, your, your body, you know, your health overall, right? How do you get, how do you face those things and rip those things up? and then move forward. And so ultimately, there's seven stages to it. The first stage is calcination. Well, calcination is almost like calcify, right? You know, like when things calcify, they become hard. So the calcination process is really the breaking down of the parts of yourself that stand in the way of your own happiness. Well, what are those things? Things such as fear. What am I afraid of that's stopping me from being great? Trauma. What kind of trauma mm-hmm. have I been through that I just whisk past and never actually faced? Attitude. What attitude do I have every day when I wake up? It's not allowing me to to pour from a positive and a, and a divine space. My emotions. Like, how am I processing emotion? Like, am I getting caught in my emotion, where it's not? It's making me depressed. It's giving me anxiety. Like, what is it? Like, how am I expressing my emotion? And am I expressing it in a way that is combative, that is forceful, or am I expressing it in a way that's healthy? right? That I can get somewhere. And so things like that, ego, right? That, that goes a lot of, we can go deep into that. But the second stage is dissolution. And dissolution is really just taking responsibility, right? A- accountability. We can just talk about accountability. Right. How accountable will you be when you realize that these things are standing in your way from stage one? Are you accountable enough to say, dang, you know what? I played a role in all this. I control all of this. This is the only thing that I control. I can't control what happens outside of me, but I can control how I respond, how I think about it, 
and what I choose to do, you know, when I'm faced with these issues. The third thing is separation. And separation is basically seeing ourselves objectively. How can I step away from this issue and look at it as if I was telling my friend or I was talking to my homeboy? Because oftentimes we can give our friends the best advice in the world. But when it comes yeah. to ourselves, then it's just like, no, like, you know, when it comes to ourselves, it's, you know, we're, we're not following that advice. Oh, we're, I'm a horrible bitch to myself. For you feel sure. what I'm saying? So yes. we don't have that same level of wisdom when it comes to like following our own advice. We can tell other people, you know, what to do. That kind of makes us look like a hypocrite, you know, right. in the eyes of other people. And then you have four, which is the conjunction. And that's giving yourself space to be imperfect. How do I be hospitable to myself? Do I give myself grace? Do I give myself kindness? Do I accept myself for who I am? That's the, you know, that's hospitality. You know, a lot of people think of hospitality in the form of like hotel and leisure and stuff like that. But hospitality in and of yourself is you being so authentically yourself and in, in tune with yourself that, that you give other people the space and grace to do the same when they're around you. They're just like, yo, I like hanging around you because I can be myself. Of course, because I'm myself. Right. Right. And, and so and then the next one is fermentation, you know, just like, you know, when you have wine, the fermenting process is the beginning of our rebirth. And in the blog, I write, you know, it's the death of a grape is also the birth of wine. Yeah. So, you, you know, what I'm saying so. Yeah, I remember you writing that. And I liked that line because, you know, I'm Nicole Rosé and everything. So. <laughs> you, you feel Felt what I'm saying? So, so you feel what I'm saying? So so with that, like, it's really you know, the new and improved you. Oftentimes when people go through this process, they get to a stage where they're just like, nah, that the old me is done. Like, you got to, this is new me now. Like, I, the old way I thought, the old way I responded, the old way I reacted, that's different. You feel me? And so, you know, it's, it's the death of old paradigms. It's the death of old ways, old choices. And our relationship, it's a newfound relationship with our creator. It's a newfound relationship with ourself. And it's a newfound relationship with other people. And then the sixth part is distillation. And that's really the purification process. You know, you're living from a daily place of inner peace, even when it's mundane, even when it's boring, right? And this is where we kind of get a little messed up because we're so used to toxicity and unhealthy patterns, unhealthy situations, we find it to be exciting, right? And yeah. so when we get when we get in a, re- a healthy relationship after the toxic one, right? Or, you know, then we get in a yeah. healthy relationship and we're bored as hell. We're just like, man, this ain't it, like. But it's healthy. It's peaceful. You ain't arguing every day. You ain't got stress. You can sleep. But it's something inside yeah. of you has programmed you to be like, yo, this is bullshit. Like, I want to <laughs> like, I want to turn up. Like, I wanna, I'm ready to cut you out for no reason. Just to add some flair to our relationship. Because you're used to unhealthy patterns. That That's how you... It's called hate sex. Everyone likes you it. You feel me what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I just need the... the you know, of you want to get that excitement. And and But then the... the, the that's, your enlight- that's your enlightenment phase. Okay. And then the last but not least, coagulation. And coagulation is really just the freedom from your mind, you know, where you're no longer overthinking everything and you're submitting to the spirit. You're submitting to intuition. You're following intuition. You have now gotten to a point where you understand the relationship that you have with your own energy and you're consciously and intentionally using it in ways to help you manifest the things of your the things that you desire. Right. Manifest. One thing that I, t- I, I tell all my coaches is, you know, manifestation is not magic. It's the relationship we have with our own energy. And once you understand that relationship, you start intentionally putting yourself in a position to win. Right. And everything is a manifestation too. So that's what you were saying in step. I think it was step two where it's, I'll just rephrase it, but it, what I heard when you said that, it's that personal responsibility. 
breeds that empowerment, right? Makes those, creates those quote unquote perfect or great, beautiful manifestations. But when we can't take ownership for the bad, we also can't take ownership for the good. And we also, you know, without that ownership, you don't know how to influence the results that you want. That's a good point. But let's also add to that, that sometimes it's the opposite. We do take ownership of the good and we reject the bad. Yeah. We're, we're in denial, right? And so we separate our lives and our brains and our lifestyles into two different, different, different lanes, right? Where, okay, if it's good and what you're telling me aligns with how I see myself in a good way, I'm all for it. Tell me out, give me all that gas, give me all that energy, right? Yeah. But when you tell me something that's bad that I, that, I, that I don't accept about myself, even if it's true, I don't accept it about myself. I'm not ready to look at that. And so therefore I'm just like, no, you're tripping, you're hating, you're deflecting. And now you're the problem. And so what it creates inside of us is this, du- this dual lifestyle. And a lot of men, we go through this where we live double lives. We got one lifestyle where it's the pristine, the you know, the the the, the good, the you know, the the well respected, the spiritual, you know, professional, and then we got another life where he a cheater, where he got a secret vice, where he cuss you out, where he like to drink, where he got his own thing going on, you know what I'm saying? That ain't really the highest vibration of him, but he keeps them completely separate. And it's not until the light comes on both of it that you're just like, who in the hell was this other guy? It's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, right? Accepting the two parts as a whole is how you accept yourself and how you kind of cloak yourself in the spirit. Because if I accept the good and the bad of me, then when you tell me something that is good or bad, I'm just going to accept it. You're right. I've come to terms with all of that. So now you nothing. You rarely can you say something to me that I'm just like, no, hell no. And get me defensive. Like, I'm cool. I've healed. I've done the work. You got it. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. You know, you know, when people get defensive that there's still so much work to be done. I asked some guy on a date recently. All I said was, why did you and your ex-wife split up? Like thinking that's a normal question, right? Like that's, I've never heard that you're not allowed to ask that on a second date. That's, (laughs) it wasn't date one. It was date two. And like, I, I mean, I'm sorry if you're not able to calmly give me like a one or two sentence answer, we have a problem, right? He was like, I'll give you, he literally goes, I'll give you the cliff notes. I look at my watch an hour and 45 minutes later. It was now, it was an hour later. I'm like, Yo, I'm tired. I gotta go. Like, I wish you all of the best of that. And he's like, this is so manipulative of you. I was like, manipulative? I was like, first of all, you don't know the definition of that word. So I'm just gonna pause you there. I'm tired. I worked all day today. And I just listened to you for an hour. I just listened to you bleed on me for an hour. It's it's not personal. And I'm going to say, I'm going to pray for you. Because, like, literally, I can't even dive into that. I'm just going to send you Reiki healing. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to, like, or if you're rude enough, I I won't even bother. But, you know, it was like, oh, my God. He gave me the hardest time when I just tried to, like, play the I'm tired card. I'm allowed to be tired after two glasses of wine and I worked all day and it's late. But what happens when you say like, bro, I asked you one question and you gave me a whole hour spiel on the emotional roller coaster that you just been on. I feel like I just got off the roller coaster with you. Now I'm tired. And now the date is over. You were and now the restaurant's closed. Are you kidding? <laughs> that's really what you thought I should do. That's safe. You think that's safe? He was like twice my size. I mean Nah, I wouldn't even say. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, the level of anger. You know when you can just tell when, like, anger is, like, pouring out of somebody? Like, you could be in line at, like, Dwayne Reed or Walgreens or whatever. You know what I mean? That's a New York thing. But, like, you know what I mean? When someone's just so angry and you're like, I mean, you, you're you spiritual. You read energy, too. So do I. Like, I'm trained in Reiki, right? So it's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I just. I'm good. I'm I want good. none of that. I am just going to shut it down. Yeah, no you smoke. I don't want day. no smoke. I don't want no smoke. You got it. It's not worth it, right? Like, if it was, like, a best, 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 best friend, I might try. But even then, you know it's hard. It's hard. You can't. So, Kenny, I'm sure you've had this experience. People come to me when they are ready, okay? They don't show up at my door and say, hey, I want to work on my mindset. I want to generate better manifestations in my life when they are not ready to be opened, if they haven't seen it yet, to be open to the ways that they are playing a role directly or indirectly in some of the vibrations they have going on, right? So when they are ready, people show up. I know some of these people personally that I've already worked with. So I know that years ago, a year ago, whatever, all it was was here's all the problems, here's all the problems, here's all the problems. Let me just dump it on you. I'm done. All right. Thanks for that. Gotta go. Yeah, like I know, cause I like, cause I know, you know, I pay attention and like you interaction with people is my, you know, is my favorite thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? You can typically tell a person's intentions based on the questions they don't ask. you. Yeah. <laughs> like, how are you? What's going on with you? How was your day? Like, sheesh, like what is the deal with this? Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. true. So Kenny, tell me, do you, how do you, can you like talk to someone for a minute or two and can you tell which level of spiritual alchemy they're at, which stage they're at, or like, does that take some digging? Now I'm like, I'm almost like, feel like maybe at least in one session you might know if I was like trying to think about it. Well, typically, like when I when I have my coaching sessions, right? They're they're, they're typically more than one session, right? Uh-huh. And so the first session is an hour where we're just talking about like, who are you? Like, who are you? What are you going through? What is the issue as it stands right now? And then based on the questions that I ask and their responses to those questions, I can pretty much tell their level of self-awareness. And based on their level of self-awareness, then I can pretty much tell where they are on this on the in the stage. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, what stage are you Makes on? Makes so much sense. You know, because yes. it's cool. You can lay it out, the problem and what the other person did. But at some point, if you don't come back around to being like, but I had to and what I learned and what I figured out my contribution was. And if you don't get yes. back to that piece, then I'm just like, ooh, you still in the you still ain't accepted that thing yet. So you probably need to go back to step like two through one. Like we, we probably right. on step one, which is cool, which is OK. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's just about. Like somebody, everybody doesn't have a person to walk them through that. That's why mindset coaches aren't like just oozing out. Like, you know, we, we need it. Psychologists. Yeah. They, psychologists come, they might diagnose you, let you talk, you know, tell you to work it out. Like mindset coaches are going to be like, do you know how you're thinking about this? Like I'm a question the way you're thinking about it, not your experience in and of itself, not the other person's flaws and the other person's problems. I want to know how you process this and why you interpret it the way you interpret it. If exactly. Neuro linguistics programming. That's what you're talking about. Did you study NLP? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. No? I haven't okay. Yeah. So this is a, a nice me. term for you. Teach me. Uh, 
what you're talking about is the core tenet of neurolinguistics programming, which I think you would enjoy just like reading a book about it or something, but it's about how our brain interprets it, interprets experiences that come into our lives, right? So mm-hmm. when any experience comes into our life, it comes in through one of the five senses. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it hits your brain, your brain is a pattern making machine, right? So your brain assigns meaning to that experience. Well, to save time and because our brain goes through multiple, you know, tens of thousands of situations a day and has to make 50,000 or more decisions a day on average, your brain uses patterns, just like how we learn to drive or brush our teeth or whatever. It's like an automated pattern, right? Held in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. So neurolinguistics programming is all about what, how, how your brain is choosing what information to access, right? Mm-hmm. It has a choice. Mm-hmm. And what's handier, right? Mm-hmm. And then why is it giving you that meaning? And then just raising your awareness. So I think what was interesting and in what you were just saying to me too is in the seven stages of spiritual alchemy, from stage one all the way up to stage seven, stage seven is like, you're woke, right? Like that's super fucking evolved. <laughs> you're spiritual AF. You are aware, honey. Like mm-hmm. that's a self-aware queen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Stage one that's, is a, like, that's a powerful mm-hmm. woman. Just speaking in terms of what that is, a powerful woman, purified. She done been through the fire. She done been through the fire. She's been purified, right? Step six is the uh, the distillation, a.k.a. purification. Well, that's the rising of the phoenix. That's your enlightenment phase. Like, I I done went through the fire, and I done came back out better. So you can't tell me shit now. What stage do you think I'm in? I think you're in the coagulation stage, but I think, you know, you're human just like everybody else. So we might bounce back and forth when we really get involved with somebody romantically. And we got to kind of remind ourselves of being like, I know this, but damn, like, damn, like, I know this, but I, you know what I'm saying? It's like that battle that it starts. So I think with you and and I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think with you, because you're so aware of what's going on and aware of how you feel, but you're, you're also in a stage of like reset because this is a, for, this is an ongoing process. This isn't a one-time thing, you know? So I think that depending on where you are in your relationships, you know, or where you are in your relationship with yourself, like you just said, like, I'm no longer having sex with people. Now I'm open to telling people my age. Like now I'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm very aware of when to engage, when not to engage. Like now I realize that, damn, I want more out of this shit. Like, damn, I just realized that I was giving stuff that people weren't giving me back. Like, so these are things that awakenings that you coming, that you're, experiencing just in the last 30 minutes you know what i'm saying and 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 because you're so self-aware these are real life epiphanies that you're just like damn you know what i'm saying and so it's just i think you're 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 right there in between six and seven dissolution distillation and coagulation I think that is true because it's like it's like some things. I think this is everybody's experience. We have some things about our lives more figured out than others, right? You can just look at your life and see what areas need improvement, right? It's some of us have work on lock. We've got our relationships. We're engaged or married. You know, we've got the kids, right? So if you look, we we've got our health and wellness routine. We are super fit or whatever, you know. So I think everybody has certain avenues of their life more sorted than others. And so sometimes it's that you got up to speed in one area. And like, for me, I know we're we're working on the process of bringing dating up to speed as my spiritual life and my health and wellness life and my business life. Right. So it's like, but it makes sense because I put much more effort into my businesses throughout the year. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's all about where you're where your learning goes. and growing and yeah, where your energy goes, where your attention flows, your energy goes. And that's what manifests more. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a beautiful point. What stage do you think is the hardest? Oh, the, the first stage, the calcination part, like because that you're facing the hardest and most traumatic and most gut wrenching parts of yourself. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. So you really having to look at yourself. Maybe you've never done that before. You, you know, we all want to have a positive self-identity. Unfortunately, most of us don't have a, I don't know anybody that has a hundred percent positive self-identity, right? But the goal is to, is to get there. So you might be uncovering even more as you peel back the onion that you didn't know existed, right? Traumas that you didn't know still Mm -hmm. bothered you, personality quirks or deficiencies that you didn't realize now you're seeing are maybe holding you back from things that you want. And then even just beliefs, right? Like a lot of times in my program, we talk a lot about how just beliefs are truly what's separating you from manifestations that you want. It's what you believe about yourself and your ability to have it or how it should show up. That too, that too. But also think about ego because no matter what you believe, if your ego is in the way, you jammed up. So your beliefs could be spot on. You know what I'm saying? But if you're if you haven't figured out how to manage or or tame or slay your ego every day, consistently, repeatedly, time after time after time, nothing else matters, right? And so, you know, that we can go into the conversation of the female ego. We can go into the conversation of the male ego. We know the male ego very well. You know what I'm saying? Like we yep. we we can go in, but do we know the female ego as much? And and it's I I'd, I'd be interested to know from your perspective of when do you what happens part like to you in your life that that makes you face or recognize when your ego is in control yeah so i think whenever i'm getting upset about something that's a small thing that's typically a moment where it's my ego that's in control like they like those shoulds right he should have done this she should have done that it's like I'm supposed to be in control of how everybody else acts. No, that's unrealistic. I'm not God. I can't tell everybody how to act. That's ego, right? Mm-hmm. So I try to notice that. And especially when you're just when you're annoyed about small things, you know, that's typically ego. So recognizing that. But I have a process in the morning, in my morning meditations, which I try to separate, you know, I just even envision, even if it's only for a minute, I envision my ego walking out the door, you know, leaving the room, going, she's going on a run, she's going to hot yoga, she's doing something fit for a queen, but she's taking a break from me for a second so I can receive, you know, maybe now or maybe later something of, you know, a message that might be more spiritual that my ego might be blocking, right? So... I think a lot of times if we notice that that we're not feeling free, right? Like when you think about when you get upset about something and it's and you recognize, oh, maybe I don't need to be upset about this, right? That's ego. It's kind of just like using your emotional guidance system mm-hmm. to to help you recognize when your ego's in the way. Like I thought I was going to, I don't know, do X, Y, and Z, and then I only got here. Okay, well, that's just ego. You still got here doesn't matter that you didn't get there that's still something to be proud of mm-hmm. right so it just i think a lot of times our egos and i think nine times out of ten when you're feeling any sort of negative emotion mm-hmm. i think it could be related I, to ego a, a thousand percent and some of the key words that i kind of associate with ego is i me and mine i me and mine you know what i'm saying now it depends on the context in which you use it but typically when you're upset or you're you're feeling some type of way you're worried about self 
I'm just worried about yeah, myself. So- I feel like this, and you made me look like woo woo and. Oh, and yeah. I did, you know, and I just feel like you didn't take me in consideration. Like you're thinking about yourself. And so my ego is basically not allowing me to see you objectively to say, you know what? I know that I got these needs, but you must have been going through something. You must have had an issue that you felt was most important for what you needed to do. And I'm not going to take that personal. Right. Because I did. Right. I know I didn't contribute to that. But you got, you know, when you start thinking about you, like in the context and you start talking to them. Hey, empathy, compassion, understanding, and you start giving that to a person, you're really slaying your own ego right there in front of them. For sure. And I I love that point. That's beautiful and very true. And that's a more enlightened state, right, for most people, because not everybody argues in that way. And on my best days, I do. And and am I like perfect every single day? I'm sure you're not either, mm. right? Like, I'm sure you've had your moment even in the last year where you were like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's not how you're supposed to treat me. Yeah. We had this conversation or whatever, you know. Mm. So I think that's that's really interesting. I think ego is it's like a separation from love. And it's a separation from our our source, right? The God within all of us, our inner being, whatever you want to call it, right? It's a separation from love. And when we feel that, that's why I was saying that I think ego shows up, like when whenever we're feeling negative emotion, it could potentially be tied to ego because negative emotion really comes from like a separation of who we want to be or who we are on the inside. And we're showing up as something else, right? We're getting derailed from that higher purpose, that love, that kindness, that more joyous self that understands that the world doesn't revolve around us. You know, that world revolves around me mentality is probably pretty low on the spiritual alchemy scale, Mm -hmm. I would guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, at what point do you go from using your ego as your shield to using your spirit as your shield? Right. Right. And so, you know, sometimes people, you know, their ego, that shield that they're using, their ego that they're using to shield themselves makes them feel more powerful. Right. You can't right. touch me. And and what does that power feel like to to an unawakened mind? It feels like numbness. It feels like selfishness. It feels like you can't touch me. You never have to build yourself up by putting somebody else down. And that never works in the long run. That only puts you down. It only puts your soul down. It only hurts you. So like this is something that I, I talk to. I mean, this isn't a specific experience that many people in the mentorship are having, but it's it's come up when girls have fights in relationships, you know, and they're having a very negative relationship and they're having trouble seeing outside of that. And they just want to constantly go off over text, right? It's so easy to go off on people over text, but it's like anybody, like you said, thinking in that me, 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 not us. Well, how do we get here? What happened? Did I do something that might've caused this, right? That's a question that I would typically ask if I was confused and couldn't retrace the steps mm-hmm. on a good day, right? Not perfect, right? But yeah. on a good day, but it's like that tendency to just kind of go off and blame other people all the time. Like that's a very ego, ego, ego based action. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure you've had a shit go off on you once or oh, twice. So you know what I'm talking more about. More than once or twice. I mean, I, I deserve, <laughs> I deserved it most times. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I deserved it or I did something to trigger it. And here's, here's the accountability piece. The accountability piece says I don't take responsibility for how they responded to me. Now I don't take responsibility for that. That's a choice. They chose to respond that way, but I do take responsibility for being selfish or being inconsiderate or even being dismissive or unaware of the, of the way in which I triggered them. Right. 
in a, in a right. lot of times. Right, but also, I mean, everyone's got so many triggers once you get older. I mean, it's like, a la- like most people are like landmines. <laughs> so it's like, you can't. I can't walk on eggshells around you. That. I'm not going to walk on eggshells around you, scared them yeah. Pick to trigger you. Like, that's a narcissistic relationship. I've been in that, too. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't ever want to do sure. that. And I never want somebody else to feel like that around me. I completely agree with you. I would much rather you just talk to me, tell me what's up. And I'm straight up with people, too. And maybe sometimes that's why they don't call after a second or third date when I set a boundary. I'm expecting this level of communication if you want the relationship to progress. Maybe that's not ghosting. They're just not calling because they're not capable of giving me what I want right now. Yeah, and, and, and it's, a, it's a failure to communicate. I mean, ghosting is a trauma response, right. I feel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ghosting is a real trauma response. And it's it's a it's sure. a lack of a to, desire to communicate. We need to reframe that. You know? For sure. We need to reframe the whole conversation around ghosting, too. Because mm-hmm. it's just a negative way to put it. It's like, sometimes... That's the universe doing you a favor. Rejection is right. Protection. You don't know what's going on inside that person's baggage, right? Like how many landmines you could have to jump around, how many ex-girlfriends are going to pop out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. I've seen some crazy shit, mm-hmm. not in my own relationships, right? But with other people that I know, and I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, like, how the fuck did you attract that? Because yeah. that's some wet that's shit, some, that's some right? I've never experienced anything on that level you know ghosting can also be uh it's crazy if if we erase the negative connotation around the word ghosting and we open our mind and say okay well ghosting can also be a blessing ghosting can be a sign of love like i've played this narrative in my head just playing around and i've said okay well what if a girl that i was dating and really liked maybe she had a crazy ex-boyfriend and maybe the boyfriend with the ex-boyfriend was so crazy that he threatened to kill her partner, this new guy that she was dating, and have this uh, relationship with him, right? And so because she loves you know, me and cares about me, she's not going to even put me in that position to, ha- to, to just put me in that space to be hurt by an ex-boyfriend I don't know. So her choice not to call me again or not to engage with me is really to save my life out of love, out of like care, because she knows this motherfucker crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I play with that narrative, okay? And when you think of it, like, I love that. So reframing, you're reframing it. And that's, that's also an NLP thing, right? So it's once again, there, your senses picked up an experience right there, your ears, you didn't, you didn't hear from her, your eyes, she didn't respond or whatever it was. You noticed that something was happening. You labeled it, which our brains all do this as ghosting. But then you said to yourself, no, why am I going to interpret that negatively? Let me reframe this. What mm-hmm. else? You it just, you asked a question, right? Like we said, just not believing everything right away. So you said, how else could it be that this happened? Maybe she's going through something. Maybe she lost her job, lost a family member. Maybe her ex is psychotic. Also very possible, right? And so you change the narrative. You reframe the story of that in your head. And that's that right there, Kenny, is one of the most powerful things we can all do. Freedom. Freedom. It's freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Freedom. It's freedom. Mm-hmm. We all have this tendency to go to the negative spot. Everybody's brain does it, though. It's natural. It's natural. So what happens in, in this case? Let's say it's a woman. Let's reverse the roles here, okay? Let's just say that the man realizes that he's not on the same frequency as you. He realizes that the frequency that you're on, you don't even recognize that you're on. 
Okay. You're not even oh, self-aware yeah. to even realize how woke you really are, how unique you really are. And so by the time you like he's listening to you and listening to you talk and listening to your dialect and listening to your 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 dreams and your intuitions and your and your experiences, and he's like, yo, this is really a good girl. Like, oh shit, like I'm not on this. Like I and I I'm not gonna tell, <laughs> but I'm not gonna tell her I'm not on this. But I know she's a good girl. So out of respect, I'm just not even gonna play with her like this. I'm not gonna play with her. I got too much respect for and too much even I don't I'm not going to play with her because I know I'm on that, not on that level. So what I'm going to do is I'm just not going to talk to her again because she needs to she needs to be set free because she don't realize how good she is and where she is. Right. And, I'm and the, I got way too much baggage for that chick. She doesn't deserve she that. don't deserve that. I'm out. I can't. I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick <laughs> with these girls over here. You know what I'm saying? So what does that do for you? And then what if what if? Later, after the pain that you go through because you're just like, I can't attract a man and all the, they, they, keep, they keep ghosting me and you put yourself through this hell, right? And then later on, you run into this guy two months later, six months later, and you're just like, yo, what happened? And he's like, look, I'm sorry that I ghosted you. I'm sorry I didn't call you again, but honestly, I had some things going on that I couldn't tell you about and I just was so afraid that if I told you, you wouldn't accept me. So I just decided to exit your life and leave you with peace. I'm sorry for the, the damage that it caused or whatever it put you through, but I promise you, I, I was not being inconsiderate of you. I was really actually doing it out of love and respect because I've never met a woman like you before and I, and I, know I'm, I knew I wasn't ready, so I had to go. It's funny because I've had that exact conversation with more than one guy. So yeah, no, you're completely right. But it's like, why would my brain pull up a negative story when it could pull up that story, right? It's our brains are hardwired with a negativity bias. And so once we have that awareness, right, that's growing in your spiritual awareness, growing in your awareness of self, et cetera, then we can reframe the narrative, change the story, choose again, tell our brain to go back to the, the firing pot and that subconscious and pick a different memory, right? Pick a different time. Queen energy. It's queen energy. Right. Like it's queen energy. Like one thing that's attractive as hell is queen energy. It's a divine feminine energy. It's a powerful energy. It's a healing energy. It's a nurturing energy. It's a confident energy. It's an intuitive energy. That energy is so powerful. And part of the reason that I was really excited about, you know, really joining your podcast is because when I just saw the name Big Queen Energy, I was like, oh, this is I need to speak. I need to I need to, you know, let let these women know, like stand in that. Stand proudly and boldly in that queen energy because a lot of times you're you are like a beacon of light upon a hill from a spiritual perspective. The Lord says, you know, if you put me first, then you know, I'll make you a beacon of light upon a hill. Well, what does that mean? You're gonna attract all type of men to you because your energy and your spirit and that light that you're giving is attractive. You're like you're a light in a dark space. And so when you bring these, the, your discernment is really what you got to work on. The energy, yeah, you got to keep yes. that vibration, but your You're discernment right. should say, okay, this one's a client. This one's a user. This one is on my level. This one still got some developing to do. That's not to judge anybody. That's not to act like you're better than them or they, they, they shouldn't talk to you nope. or they don't look as good. They don't have enough. That's different. You know what I'm saying? A queen going to sit there and empower every being that comes in her in her radius. She's going to be like, you know what? I think you're a really great guy, but I just don't think that vibrationally we're on the same path. I think you like me because of the energy I'm giving off. And as you can see, it's triggering for you and it's really good. But I don't necessarily think you can give me what I need in return because a queen energy needs king energy to nurture her, to give her that stability. And so the misconception is that a queen energy is always stable. 
No. Queen Energy is still emotional, but she understands that she she don't have to respond out of emotion every time. She has a way to process that. Yeah. And so the masculine she energy knows how to separate the emotions from the reality, from the, <laughs> from the facts, yeah. right? From logic. And so what are men? The masculine energy is a stable energy. It's a logical energy. It's not that we don't get emotional. Like men, we get emotional, but we have to be a constant. We gotta be daddy. We gotta be king. Gotta you be feel daddy. me? We gotta be daddy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Not from a standpoint of like raising a child, but like I got to be daddy, which means that when things are going, when they going awry, she got to be able to come to the masculine, the, the confident and secure masculine and say, you know what? He's going to be stable. He's my sense. He, he helps me with a sense of peace. He gives me that uh, the ability to go up and down on this emotional roller coaster and not engage with me. But he gives me a reassurance that it's going to be all right. You know yep. what I'm saying? Now that's tr- I love that. That's triggering. That's amazing. <laughs> We're so gonna make a reel about queen energy versus masculine energy. That's amazing. Let's go you just for went it. off. And that was it. Like this podcast took on. You know what it is though, Kenny? Let's close it out with what we were saying in the beginning. You and I both showed up. I was a few minutes late because I was on a call with a client and you were like on the wrong link on accident or bad, but you know, and we, but we got here, we got here a few minutes after and we just, we showed up still. Nobody was annoyed. Everybody was excited to be here. You were excited about big queen energy. I was excited about your blog post on spiritual alchemy. And we just showed up in that beautiful, pure positive energetic space and we let this podcast take on its own direction and its own form and i think that we probably uncovered even more of value that we didn't know people needed to hear today but they do big queen energy and the divine masculine is attracted to big queen energy and i really appreciate you in this conversation and the enlightenment that comes from it and i really hope that the people that are listening really you know male and female i hope that they truly understand the value of themselves and they understand the yep. value and the experiences that they went through and that they will go through because there's value in everything. It's not about forgiving and forgetting. It's about forgiving and remembering the lesson to make you better. Right. And <laughs> not labeling, right? It's like we all interpret things as good, bad, only bad things happen to me. No, everything happens for you. Mm-hmm. How you allow your brain to interpret it determines your experience right, of it, right, right? Right, So right. on that note, I would love for you to tell everybody where they can find you in case anybody wants to book a session with you or they just want to follow you on Instagram. Give us all the goods. Oh, absolutely. So you can find me. My website is www.kennybspeaks.com. So you can find everything on there, but also you can go on any social media platform. So Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, at Kennedy Speaks on all social media. So you can catch me there. I do one-on-one coaching sessions. I also have my own framework. It's a six-week course, online course. It helps you manage your energy, improve focus, and ultimately align with your higher purpose and, and be productive without burning out. You know, so it'll help you add some balance to your life and really go through this alchemy process and really help you become the best and greatest you. I love that. This was such a pleasure for me. Thank you for all the energy you poured into this, Kenny. We appreciate you. Absolutely. We got to do it again. So you have to come on mine. Change the vibe radio. It it needs you. You let me know. I will be there. I got you covered. All right, ladies. If you loved what you heard today, please remember to subscribe, hit five stars, maybe share it with a girl who needs to hear this advice today. We'd be oh so grateful if you had time to leave a little review too. You can add us on Instagram at Nicole Rose Stillings and at Big Queen Energy Pod. We hope we brightened your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays in the AM to Big Queen Energy, supporting you on your journey to fearless creation. 